Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anderson. I'm professionally trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programs. One of my life goals is to help people overcome their mindset challenges. If you haven't already, I do ask that you subscribe and follow the podcast. And for all of those of you who have already gone out and given us a review, thank you. And for those who will take this time right now to go out and leave us a review or rating, we most certainly appreciate it. And thank you for your support of the podcast. Today is a really, really cool day for me. We have back in the studio, Dr. Crystal Cross. Hey, Dr. Cross. Hello. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Family, I don't know if you remember, but when we did our 100th episode, it was Dr. Cross who actually interviewed me during that time period. That particular episode has some tremendous numbers assigned to it with respect to listenership. We had an outpour, not only for the content, but for the interviewer. So many lovely notes came in recognizing Dr. Cross for the manner in which she conducted the interview. She is certified as a executive coach. She is academically trained. She holds a doctorate degree in education, and she goes about doing good somehow, some way, working with all sorts of personalities, all sorts of people with different walks of life and in various stages of their executive careers, molding and shaping and training and tuning and refining and tweaking them to bring them up to the next level. That precisely is what she did for me. I had the opportunity to work for her better than four months. I also, being a coach, thought, oh man, this is going to be a walk in the park. No, no, that was not the case. Not only did she challenge my accountability, she challenged my approach. She challenged the manner in which I myself manage. Seeing her delivery seeing how she was able to sort of drive different changes and not just me, but even our cohort, it was really amazing. I gained tremendous insights for her. And so I'm so pumped that she is here with us today to give us some insights. Dr. Cross, Mm -hmm. thanks again for agreeing to do this. I'm just going to jump right in if that's okay with you. All right, let's go. Awesome. So being that, you know, our core focus and your thought life coaching or your thought life podcast is to really reach into the mind of the listener and to help them see that some of the ways that we might think, behave, some of the biases we have that color how we do life, how we see life, how we perceive different comments and the like are all tied to the mindset. So I want to ask you in your journey, what pivotal mindset shifts have you deployed to address some of the challenges that you may have faced as you were coming up to the point where you are today? I will share a story that leads into a mindset shift. And it began in a store. A friend and I were waiting to get help in this particular store. But as we're waiting, we are watching this salesperson like go from here to there. And she's running and moving fast and talking fast. And it's not even really busy. We're looking at her and it's like, she looks crazy. You know, like what's going on? She needs to calm down. Fast forward, 
my friend and I, we always had this thing like, okay, let's not make it. And we would name the store. Let's not act like that lady was in the store when we're just rushing and moving through life. And I'll never forget one day I was a principal at a school in the school next door. They asked me to be interim principal of, and I had two schools. So I'm at the second school. I'm leaving out to go to a meeting that's happening at the other school. And I'm in front of the steps. It's a short flight of steps in the front of the school. In my mind, I'm coming out the building. I go down the steps, headed to my car. And I remember I might need this binder. So I go back up the steps. And I was like, no, but I have it electronically. And I go back down the steps. But this is all playing out. And I didn't even see there was a lady there. And this lady said, baby, stop for a second. And she said, you see that butterfly? I want you to concentrate. And there was a butterfly just fluttering around. She said, just concentrate on that butterfly and take a moment. And she said, I just want you to breathe and concentrate. Mm. I did that. Even though I was in a rush, I needed that. It flipped me back to, I'm acting like the lady in the store, even though my nature is very Mm. calm, you know? And it's easy to see, I think, things or flaws sometimes in other people. But just in that moment, at the time, when I was working with that second school, all of the parents had met me. This lady didn't know I was even the principal. And I was like, thank goodness, because she might have been like, who in the world is leading this school? But when I think about those two stories, a mindset shift for me, and again, I present as calm, and I typically am, it's just when the slow down, not right now, everything doesn't have to be done that you think really has to be done. That's right. And really figuring that piece out of what's important slowing yourself down, even when you feel like you need to move fast, just keeping in mind that just because you can doesn't mean you should. So Mm -hmm. that was a big mindset shift for me. I thought it was a mindset shift when I saw the lady in the store doing, I was like, wow, you know, it's important to slow down and breathe and take your time, but just continuing to always be mindful of that no matter what. I feel like I need to yield a follow-on question because I do a lot of things outdoors. In fact, my meditation principally is all outdoors now. So I get to see a lot of the things that you made mention of, and I get to slow down to really enjoy everything that is outdoors. But in my mind, I feel like what she was telling you is slow your pace to enhance your awareness. Do you feel like that's accurate? Absolutely. And I love butterflies, but I'm not an outdoors person. But being in that moment really just helped me to just slow down. It's going to be okay. Like you will do more for yourself slowing down instead of moving fast, even when you think you need to move fast. Mm -hmm. She definitely, she was just so helpful to me and doesn't even know. And I thanked her and I went on to my next meeting, but it was well worth it. And just something I always will remember. That's beautiful. What we've done here is we've crafted a number of questions. They're all science-based questions, but they really get to the heart of these are the characteristics of very highly successful people. I want to now shift our attention to the area of resilience. And I want to ask you to share a time when you faced an obstacle or a setback, how you navigated through that, keeping your eye on the prize. I would say it was the death of my mom. She passed away when I was 17. And what's interesting about it is at the time I was a freshman in college, just continuing to persist. And and it was about me getting the degree because that's always been important to me. What's interesting is that when I look back on it, I didn't get the grief counseling that I needed. Fast forward all 
these years just missing my mom and my dad is involved in my life and was involved, but it's nothing like a mama, at least my mama. I ended up getting grief counseling over 25 years later. I think that was important because it could seem like, man, that's such a long time. But it is amazing how even sometimes when you think you've dealt with stuff, the residue that's left behind. Yes. I think that was important to just acknowledge the impact of that on my life. And although I still graduated and had all these accolades and people were like, oh, this is amazing. You pushed through. You're a young person. And that was such a tough thing. And you pushed through. That's all well and good. But just making sure fully I'm well and I'm okay. Like it's never too late to check in on that and go back to that. But not giving up was, yes, a celebration of the things that I accomplished in spite of my mom no longer being here. But I think also just not giving up on my emotional wellness. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic example of resilience. There's this academic challenge. There's this huge relational life event. And you've got to continue this academic track. It sounds like what you did is pause the grief. You press through. You got used to operating from that. Got more mature. Then came back and you were like, you know what? I've got to deal with this. That I can be whole that I can regain, restore my mental health, and thereby go through the rest of my life without acting out, per se, in some way, the fact that I didn't deal with the grief properly. That's exactly right, because it looked like it was dealt with properly, but I knew just based on how I would still respond to sometimes thinking about my mom or just certain things that would happen. So you're exactly right. You know, you push through it. We celebrate people that push through, but we want to push through and be healthy in all aspects. I want to now shift gears just a wee bit and talk about commitment. You've just given us an incredible example of that. But if you were, say, working with one of your executive clients and they had a struggle with commitment, how would you coach them through to get them to a point where they could be committed? going forward? I would first ask, why do they want to be committed to this? Why is this important to you? What's your core belief about this? Where's this coming from? Because when I think about the times I've been committed to things myself, it is because it meant something to me. It was just because someone else asked or it was like really something I wanted to do. I think about the time when being a building principal and leading a school and wanting to shift things with students learning. And sometimes people saying, well, what we're doing is working, but it's really, in my mind, not best for kids long-term. And I remember being challenged with someone saying, you want the exception to be the rule. Mm. And I was like, you know, that's actually what I do want because I want all kids to be successful. And I want all kids to learn and be able to communicate and problem solve and all those things. And I believe it's possible for everyone. I think with any commitment, you just have to really figure out where you stand on it and how willing you are to push and fight because of what has to be done. What I'm centered on as you shared that beautiful nugget is there has to be a profound why. I believe so. Why is going to fuel that commitment? Absolutely. Sometimes you fall into situations where someone else has committed to it and now you are a part of the team that has to execute it. 
the reality check is that maybe you can't fully get behind the why of it, but this is the assignment. So recognizing that this is the assignment and as long as it's not anything unethical or immoral, like how you need to just suit up and participate. That's right. That's right. Dr. Cross, there was a period of time I was married, had children, but I needed to go for a master's degree. I felt like I made a significant sacrifice because when the family was out doing fun stuff, I was at the computer writing papers, doing research and whatever the homework assignment was, working with my cohort and the like. So I did that for a little over 1.5 years and obtained the master's degree. I feel like that was a tremendous sacrifice for me. Can you think of a time in your life that you'd be willing to share with the audience where you had to make a very pronounced sacrifice? Yes. As you said, the thing with school, making a choice to go back and getting a doctorate, you know, that's no surprise or any degree. There is a level of sacrifice. But when I think about it, for me, what stands out is the sacrifice of my comfort at times Mm. to do things that I know need to be done because whether the world needs it, someone else needs it, I may need it. There have been times that I've done things scared or nervous. That's good. Fearful. Not like I don't have a piece about it. I want to do it, but maybe I'm scared and I'm comfortable. So I have sacrificed my comfort at times to help my own growth, help the growth of others, just to get what needs to be out in the world or in an environment or again for myself. And I believe that your gifts will make room for you. And just because you have a gift of something doesn't mean you're comfortable with your gifts. Totally agree. Those are the things that when I think about a sacrifice is that, okay, I have this gift and not because I say it's a gift, but people have identified it. And as time went on, I began to see, okay, yeah, this is a gift. So if you've been blessed with this thing, how are you using it? You just can't hold on to it because that's not the way life works. And that's not what the world needs or what other people need in your gifts making room for you, that really will happen. That means you're going to be presented with some things that you probably want to say no to, but you're only saying no because you're scared, not because you can't do it, but you just, it's not your norm. I love that for a whole bunch of reasons. I want to go off on a tangent, but I'm going to contain myself. But I do want to say this, fear, indecision, and doubt rob people so much so that When they get to the other side or close to crossing over to the other side, there's that momentary look back, the life that they have flashes before them. I said to myself, I am not going to be a person who has a series of shoulda, wouldas, and couldas. I'm telling me, my entire being and everyone that I can feel the fear and do it anyway. And over time, it becomes less and less and less, to your point. But what also bubbles up is when you're making these types of sacrifices, you're feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Sometimes you don't succeed. So how do you deal with setbacks and things that didn't quite work out? How do you learn from those? I think it's just taking the time to reflect on what happened. Failure is relative because in what sense did it fail? Did it really fail? Were there some successes? Was it a failure if you learned something from it? 
If you mm. don't learn anything from it, then I could see how you would label it as a true failure that just didn't work. The other thing you have to consider too is I think like your own humility and how you categorize stuff. Like is it That's a failure right. other people knew about it and it didn't work out? I think it really is about the learning from failure. And just to give you a real example about a valuable lesson that I learned and what could be considered a failure is that love is an action. It's interesting because I believe in love. I love love. And like with my mom passing, learning that it's so important to be actionable in your love. We have no guarantees. That's right. And me loving myself and making sure I'm taking care of myself so I can say I love me That's and right. have, you know, such great confidence and self-esteem. But how do I show myself that? Stevie Wonder has a song that's called Love's in Need of Love Today. It's just a beautiful song, but I was so interested in why he wrote it. I looked it up. Supposedly, he's been given credit for saying, for love to be effective, it has to be fed. And love Mm. by itself is hollow. That just resonated with me and took me back to why it's so important for love to be in action. It just can't be spoken. And I can't tell you that I'm loving you enough. And I have to be able to tell myself that and inventory that for myself. That's one failure that I have learned from, grown from. I think, again, failure is how you see it. I love that because what I like to share with my mentees and clients is that failure is not final. In an academic setting, we come up and we get letter grades and we know that the D's and the F's, those are not passing. For 12 years or better, that gets instilled in our subconscious. When we feel like our performance or the manner in which we did something was a D or F, we just automatically gravitate to what's been programmed. That was a failure. It didn't meet the mark. But I think what you're saying is, no, 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 there's some opportunity here. You can look at that differently And you can harvest information from it, whereby you can use in your next act to do it a little bit smarter than you did the first time, which I absolutely commend. Definitely. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a shame if we don't take advantage of that, because it's like we're being presented an opportunity and not seizing it. Yes. Now, I'm going to switch to what I coin a very difficult question. It has to do with how does Dr. Cross handle intense pressure? I am a believer of listening to my soul or if people say your gut feeling, that's the where I start. Like if something is this pressure, I center on, okay, what's going on here? Why are you feeling this way? What is your gut telling you about this situation? But I don't stop there. You know, I have to also inventory my mind because sometimes your gut can get away from you. Mine has done well for me. So, you know, you have to know thyself. That's really important. So, you know, like in thinking about my mind and where I am in this, why is it so much pressure? Where's this coming from? Just really trying to look at myself and my feelings and sitting in that for a moment. And then I'm a believer. So I will pray, ask for wisdom, strength, Mm -hmm. And just clarity of thought. Yes. And that's really just important to me. Sometimes you have to take a moment, even if the pressure or this, whatever needs to happen, needs to happen quick. There's still a way to be still in quickness, right? Sure. Just take a moment. 
of course, if you have way more time, you can dig into that a little bit more, but you've got to check in with yourself. I think that's important. When you check in, you take that quiet time, you meditate, get to know thyself, you pray about it, you listen to your intuition, you come to the conclusion that uncertainty is at the core. How does Dr. Cross deal with uncertainty? Get certain. If it's something that is uncertain, I'm figuring out how to get certain on it. What are my questions? Do I need more information? Do I have all the information? Am I missing something? But my goal is to always be certain. And then there are some times where I give myself permission to not have clarity right now. Like I may want clarity in this moment, awesome. but the clarity is not coming right now. So I'm patient, but I am going to get to a place of certainty. I have a couple of self-development mentors. One of them, a gentleman by the name of Les Brown, he would always share with us that don't get stuck on the why because the why will fuel the uncertainty so much so that you'll give up before you've even given it in a chance. Yeah. And the universe is so constructed that if you will get started and believe that you can, and have a sort of can-do mindset, as you move, things will be revealed to you. It's just a rinse and repeat process from the start to the finish. In the process of doing that, Dr. Cross, there's some balancing of priorities that need to take place because you may have a specific goal or a checklist for the day, for the week, for the month that tie into your short-term goals. And then life happens very unexpectedly. Things come in unwanted, unappreciated, <laughs> totally on your schedule when they weren't supposed to be. And that creates new things you got to go deal with. So as you're dealing with those new priorities, the new things that are popping up unwanted, how do you stay on track with your goals? I think that you have to be clear about what the goals are. I'm a big calendar person, having some way that I'm holding myself accountable to those things. Awesome. But I also have the belief that I also leave space for better things to happen or for a different idea. There's a balance between, you know, being focused. And sometimes we get in our mind that it has to go a certain way. Yes. But just, and it's a unique balance to have because you want to be able to check things off your to-do list and hitting those marks, but sometimes you're presented with an opportunity, a blessing, a resource, a person, whatever it is that may be helping you. And so I always ask that, you know, or just it's a hope, a prayer that I don't miss that also in being so focused on the goal. Of course, you're having some type of tracking, but also leaving the space for just unique things to happen or things that you weren't expecting. I talk to a lot of souls about goals, lots and lots of people who have gone before me who are way past where I'm getting ready to be or go. Not one of them has said what you said. I leave space for something better to happen. That is going to be reused. I promise you. <laughs> Please do. We started the talk with a mindset question. We want to end the talk with a mindset question. With respect to mindset, 
what advice would you give the audience strictly around the idea of mindset to help them have the courage and the audacity to go after their dreams, their goals, and their aspirations? I would say make sure it's something that you want to do or that needs to be done. I just think sometimes people's minds are so influenced by outside thoughts or what people say you should do or you can do. And so I think you have to have clarity in your own mind. I've heard someone say that our mind is the last space that we have that is not intruded by all of these outside things. Because if you think about your cell phones, computers, you have ads that pop up, you have notifications. And so our mind, although we can have thoughts that generate on its own, is still a protected space, right? I think that we just really have to think about what is it that you really want or something that needs to happen. So going scared anyway, doing and not being sure. Also, it's important to study and grow. If you want to accomplish something, how are you growing your craft? Even if you may be well skilled in that, how are you building your competence in that? How are you learning from that? I think wise counsel. And I say wise counsel, you can't share everything with everybody. So whether you have a coach, a mentor, you're listening to a podcast such as this one, but you're feeding your mind so that you're continuing to grow and learn. And just, you have to execute. You have to do something, even if it's small. You don't want to just, if something is in your mind, how do you bring it to fruition? That's important. And to do something, I believe that anything is possible. If you've thought about it and if you've, like I said, inventory it, like, where's this coming from? This needing to happen. I'm going scared. I'm growing and I'm learning. Then do something. Those are absolute fantastic nuggets. We most certainly thank you, Dr. Cross, for coming on the show, spending some time with us today. Before we close out, do you have any final remarks for the audience? I would say do the work that needs to be done, whether it's for yourself, others, because each of us, we're a gift. We each are uniquely designed to do things. And so just taking the responsibility and the accountability for getting that out, whatever that is. But then you all also have fun, enjoy yourself and take care of yourself and your loved ones. But just don't take yourself too seriously. Keep that youth-like ability to stay refreshed and laugh and leaving space for other opportunities. Be curious like a kid, but do the work. Be centered also. Do the work. Dr. Cross, again, so many thank yous and appreciation for your appearance today, for sharing with us out of the kindness of your heart and out of the understanding and wisdom that you have in the disciplines that you command each and every day. Thank you so much. And I just want to share with the audience that you are enough. You can do it. You are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. If you need help, if you want to give any shout outs to Dr. Cross, you can reach me on Instagram, DM me at your thought life, Y-O-R thought life. We most certainly appreciate your time and attention. And that's going to conclude this episode. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Take care.